Hello there. And we finally come to my final look uh, back at SummerSlams from the past. My final review in this final, uh, knee, sorry, SummerSlam review series. And we come to SummerSlam 2016. Uh, so, oh, that was what, four years ago? So, um, to tell you the truth, the last one I'd reviewed was 13. In 2014, the second half of 2014, I do remember I was kind of getting away from the WWE a bit. I, I did watch SummerSlam 2014, I did order it, and it, pff, nothing much happened. Pretty forgettable show, to be honest. And uh, 2015 really wasn't engaged much at all with wrestling in there. I, 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 the only match I've seen from 2015 was Undertaker and Lesnar, which I really liked, uh, but the rest of that show sounded like shit, so I, I don't really want to watch it. But it's 2016, we're starting to get back a little bit back into it again. Uh, I missed WrestleMania 32, and I was start, I was quite interested when they did the brand split thing, and SmackDown actually got really good in 2016, and a lot of good came from it, so more on that later. So I did order this, I've, I haven't watched this show in four years, but so I watched it back on the free network, and um, yeah, here's a review, so let's see how this holds up. So kicks off with Enzo and Kaz versus Jericho and Owens, uh, and you've got Enzo doing his promo from the start just rattling on for ages and I, I get it these these two had their fans especially Enzo and he is charismatic but to me he's annoying charisma I, I just never liked him but the thing is is well I get why people liked him I do I did like that one promo when he had all the cruiserweights around the ring and he just basically slagged them all off <laughs> that was a good one that was a promo of his career but uh yeah not for me it's an acquired taste and a taste i haven't acquired but i get why people like them uh, i thought he was treated quite shabbily as well when you look at he got fired with literally no evidence for allegations against him and, uh, and yet velveteen dreams getting title shots in nxt uh, when evidence is starting to look pretty damning against him so <laughs> i guess it helped I, I always enzo's always said he never got on with triple h though from the from what i could tell in interviews so um Guess it helps to be one of Triple H's boys. So there you have it. I think Jericho and Owens were kind of just flung into this match just for something to do. I don't think they'd officially joined each other yet as their little Jericho, I think they were called. And uh, but no, this was actually a really good solid opener, a good fun match, better than I, re- I didn't really remember a great deal about it, but it's actually a good opener to the show, good, fast-paced, enjoyable. Uh, Jericho and Owens went clean here so yeah, it was, it was good, I enjoyed it so yeah, quite good stuff eventually uh, Owens would go on to win the Universal title a couple of weeks after this and then of course the Jericho and Owens partnership became more prominent uh, I think Jericho to be honest stole the show from Owens during his title reign with the list and he's, you're going to get it and uh, Jericho had a good run, yeah Jericho's awesome so good for him up next uh, Sasha Banks versus Charlotte Flair for the Raw Women's title so um, it's a good match actually I do think this is actually a good match but there's a terrible botch right at the start I don't usually want to go on and criticise in ring work but there is a terrible botch where it's like Sasha just drops uh, sorry, Charlotte drops Sasha on the ropes and things like that. It looks, it looks like shit. And there's another one quite near later on when Sasha's going for the backstabber but completely misses. But Charlotte just falls down as if she's got it, been hit with it anyway. It looks like shit. But the match itself is actually entertaining. But there's two clangers in here. And people go on about, oh, women to wrestling, the four horse women are pioneers. Absolutely brilliant. They're amazing. I'm not being funny, but if the likes of Alexa or the Bellas 
or Lacey Evans did that, you'd never hear the fucking end of it. But so the two of the four horsewomen get a pass, so there you go. But the match is quite good. The finish is well done. Sasha's got the bank statement, but Charlotte just rolls her up and pins her. So that's fine. I think it's because it was surprising at the time because Sasha had just won the title. But then again, uh, Sasha had a back injury going into this and... It, it, you, it would start to become a theme that Sasha always loses the title on the first defence so I think to be honest I think she just pisses people off backstage and they couldn't trust her to go with it but now you can see she's getting this big massive push now because uh, they're probably scared she'll run away if she doesn't get what she wants now so yeah well <laughs> 2020 is really the, 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 been the shits for wrestling again and 2019 actually was too it really it's getting worse though but there you have it that's the shit they want there you go up next uh, Apollo Crews and Miz Intercontinental title it's okay not too long goes okay Miz wins clean as he should because Miz is a great Intercontinental champion uh, Apollo Crews is decent enough little talent he's okay I've got nothing against him gets, uh, he was just new on the scene I think here so yeah gets the title on the show not a bad match um, Miz actually was really rejuvenated in 2016 and after the main event of Wrestlemania they did nothing for him for years but once Maurice came back uh, on the WWE TV that really helped him and that moved to Smackdown with the draft he did some great stuff like with Daniel Bryan and Talking Smack. He got a good feud with Ziggler and eventually going to have the feud with Cena, John Cena and Nikki Bella. So Miz did some brilliant stuff in 2016, really back to his best, I would say, back then. So, uh, yeah, I, I talk very highly of the Miz quite often. And I met the guy once in Glasgow like nearly three years ago, and a very nice guy. So good stuff. I like the Miz. Um, up next, uh, here we come to the match of the night. It's John Cena versus AJ Styles. Um, yeah, this is fantastic. Well, it's an absolutely brilliant match. It's one of those ones, and it works really well. There's there's the odd... It does fall in a little bit to the trap of modern wrestling of kicking out of finishers and false finishes, but it's really well built as well. It's not like doing this after two minutes and things like that. And, and there's a false finish that works brilliantly when Cena does the AA off the second rope, you're like, oh, well, match over. And when Styles kicked out, and I remember this, I was legitimately shocked. And so was the crowd. You're like, wow, that's a proper false finish. That's how a false finish should do. And then after that, Styles clash, phenomenal forearm. AJ Styles wins clean. So there you go. Big win for AJ Styles. Puts him on the map. He'd go on to win the WWE title a month later. Uh, this was a great feud. This was a great match. Uh, did wonders for AJ Styles. So while I gave Cena shit for the 2010, I have to give him credit here. He'd done business right and he'd done it well here. And funny enough, 2010, when he buried the Nexus, was the last time he won a SummerSlam. He didn't win a SummerSlam match for seven years after that. So there you have it, because he beat Baron Corbin in 2017. He pretty much buried him after he lost the money in the bank the week earlier. So <laughs> good, Baron Corbin shite. You don't like to bury him, that's okay. So yeah, there you go. My only problem with this match really is how early it was in the show, because the rest of the show cannot follow this. I get that it's not the main event, because the right match main evented, because it's Brock and Randy the for the first time ever. It's only right that main events. But, oh my God, there was some filler stuff right after this so uh, that's my only real issue but it's not the, the guy's fault, they put it on too early, that's the placement of, of the card so there was still two and a half hours to go of, the sh of this show after this so and yeah and it was immediately followed by the New Day versus Gallows and Anderson yep that's right, Gallows and Anderson went on after AJ Styles, they were on later in the show 
uh, this was a piss break. Uh, ironically enough, there was piss jars. There was some story like the Doc uh, Gallows and Anderson. It was they came out in quotes. They're absolute piss. Terrible actors. Not funny in the slightest. They they come out doing their nerds and all that shit. And well, they would do. I don't know if they did this here, but I know they were their nerds catchphrase, uh, that's ironic because only nerds give a fuck about these two I mean, seriously, they sound like, especially Carl Anderson, sounds like such a wine bag about, oh, we never got our thing, our stuff approved in the WWE, that's why no one gave a fuck about you, well we ain't get a release no one cares, we impact where nobody watches, piss off yeah, boring bull jobber, right side Fred jobbers, uh, the new day here weren't quite as, haven't quite reached our full cringe, they were still just a bit bearable at this point they were better as heels but you can see why they they had to turn them face and but and they were still okay at this point I mean, they had their stupid unicorn dildo heads but you know and you had John Stewart who's one of those um, uh, celebrity guests who actually works quite well you can tell he's actually a wrestling fan or at least at very least enjoys being there some celebrities you can tell it's, you, they think it's beneath them and they're embarrassed to be there and they know nothing about what they're doing at <coughs> Jeremy Piven <coughs> Summerfest but uh, John Stewart you know he's a bit funny he was getting in there. there's a funny moment though when Gallus and Anderson look like they're about to beat him up he's got his New Day t-shirt on but he tucks it into his, his jeans <laughs> that was funny so that, was, that kind of redeemed this but the match was shit no one cared yeah, Galazanders won by disqualification. New Day retain. Who gives a shit? Moving on, uh, Dean Ambrose defends the WWE title against Dolph Ziggler. Um, yeah, this was okay. Not a bad match by any means, but it was weird the dynamic of this because I remember in the build up as well. It shows in the video package. Dean Ambrose is basically talking shit and taking the piss at Ziggler about how he's been a failure and everything and he's mocking him a lot during the match like he does his little super kick thing and he he does this terrible hip swiveling thing when he, it really has no rhythm and even when he wins the match he just sort of dirty deeds him and before he pins him he just sort of nonchalantly uh, calls the referee over it's like Dolph Ziggler was not treated as any type of a threat and I don't think anyone believed that Ziggler had a chance in this match it was yeah, and, Zig and Ambrose was acting heelish even though he was a face, and it was like, yeah, okay. It had a weird dynamic. It's not a bad match. It's quite a watchable, quite entertaining match. But, yeah, a bit weird. It felt a bit like a TV match rather than a big WWE title match at a SummerSlam. But, uh, see if you'd have switched the order a little bit around here, because this could easily have gone on earlier in the night and put Cena and Styles here. It might have helped the flow of the show a bit, bit better. But it is what it is. Now, coming up next, this this one's very. Uh, I've got a weird feel, sentimental one for this one, and I didn't even realise that at the time. At the time that right, there's a six women tag team match, and I remember thinking to myself, "Why is this on the show?" When I watched this at the time, I was like, eh, "Whatever." So you've got it's on the you've got the face side. You've got Naomi, Becky Lynch, and Carmella. I think Carmella was a face. I couldn't remember that when she first came up, but oh well, there you have it. Up against Natalia, a returning Nikki Bella, and the very first pay per view match of the one and only Alexa Bliss. So that's his, which is why I wanted wanted to go back and review this show just to see, and I wanted to, and I wanted to watch this. So it was our very first ever pay per view match. So 
at the time I remember thinking, and I liked Alexa Bliss right from the start. The first time I ever seen her on like SmackDown, I thought, oh wow, she's she's great. She actually gets wrestling. She's charismatic and entertaining. It's like, oh wow, they'll probably make her a jobber. So that's honestly what I thought. But now nah, I was like, ah, oh, she's great. She actually clicked straight away. So in this match, this match is actually a fun little match. It's quite decent. Quite a decent. It's no great stakes or anything going forward, but it's a decent match. And you know what? It serves its purpose. Nikki Bella comes back. Uh, so she gets to make a comeback at SummerSlam. So that's great. She gets a big stage to do it. Uh, she actually got a really good reception from the crowd. So all this, the neckbeards say, oh, they don't like the Bella as well. Well, there we go. A good reception, a better reception than Ambrose versus Ziggler got, that's for sure. And, yeah, the match is fine. It's decent. Uh, Nikki Bella pins Carmella. It's fine. Not a bad match. So there you have it. And eventually Nikki Bella, she's on the heels team here, but she goes face eventually. So... Because I, I remember Nikki and Carmella had a feud going into TLC later in that year. So, But very special moment. Alexa's for me. Um, Alexa's first ever pay-per-view match. I never knew what a mark I would become for Alexa. So there you have it. Sentimental reasons for this one. So great to see her. She gets a really good show, and she actually is the first. It's her and Becky kick the match off, funnily enough, and they'd go and have that great feud uh, towards the end of 2016. So there you have it. There you have it. So... A sentiment, a match that at the time you kind of thought throwaway match, but yeah, well, there's sentimental reasons to it. So there you go. Next up, we come to I believe it's the universal title match between Finn Balor and Seth Rollins. This is to crown the first ever universal champion as well. So what this does is it brilliantly exposes the hypocrisy of the Smarks because they're all. For years it was, ah, Roman Reigns isn't ready. Roman Reigns isn't ready. These shoved down the throat, blah, blah, blah. You can't have that. Finn Balor's on the main roster for one month and he gets to become the first ever world champion of this new title. But that's okay. There's no complaining about that. Why not? You know, practice what you preach, Marks. Come on. But... Well, what I'll say here is uh, Finn Balor, I'm not a fan of Finn Balor's uh, even this demon thing, I think he's got a great entrance, the the entrance music's great and everything, you can get into it, but once you get past it, there's nothing there I mean, again, the hypocrisy of the smarts is the five moons of, moves of doom and all this shit they talk about John Cena what do you get from Balor? kick, stomp, dive, sling blade that's about it He's not some great in-ring wrestler or anything like that. And he's not some great charismatic promo. So, And he wrestles the exact same way as the demon as he does as a normal person. So what's the difference other than putting a bit of paint on? There isn't any. It's not a character. It's just cosplay. And it doesn't work. But there you go. Now, here's the thing. Nothing personal. I don't like Finn Balor as a performer, but he seems a nice bloke and everything in real life. He does come across as very nice in the promotional interview, so nothing personal. But I'll, I'll say he gets... And get, it's sad. It's a shame what happens here because he gets injured through no fault of his own because Seth Rollins does this buckle bomb on the outside, but he just throws him. It's way too far. It's clear as day this is a massive botch. Seth Rollins does this, and then he does it again later. This is quite at the start of the match. The match itself is okay. It's not a bad match by any stretch of the imagination. And in fact, kind of remarkable that Balor's working the whole thing injured while he has to put his shoulder back into place at some point during the match. But later on, Seth Rollins does the buckle bomb again, and it's like, where's the common sense? The guy has clearly got an injured arm from that move, and they go and do it again. It's like, 
Seth Rollins is overrated as fuck. I don't care what anyone says. He's been responsible for quite a lot of injuries. And if Nia Jax was doing this, the Smarts would be calling for her to get fired. And I'm no fan of Nia Jax, but good God. Good God. What hypocrisy much. But there you go. Seth Rollins, though, uh, just an overrated talent. He's, he's calmed down a bit. He hasn't really injured anyone for a while, touch wood, that I know of. So, anyway, good luck tonight, Dominic. Hope he gets through okay. But, uh, there you go. But the match is fine. Finn Balor wins. He, he, then he had to give up the title on the next night. So, maybe that Universal title has been cursed forever by the demon and given it to a boring indie jobber in the first night. So, there you go. But, uh, up next, there was meant to be a match with Roman Reigns and Rusev, but it never takes place. It's just a big brawl. Which is, which is fine. I didn't really care. Didn't really want to watch the match anyway. But yeah, yeah okay, fine. A decent enough wee brawl in that. Uh, and Lana looks really amazing, actually. So she's got like a wedding dress themed outfit. So yeah, she looks amazing, gotta say. So there you go. And then we come to what was the main event Brock Lesnar versus Randy Orton. First time ever, uh, only time ever as well, as far as I'm aware. They both came up in OVW together, so it's amazing it took as long as it did. I know Lesnar was away for a number of years, but amazing it took as long as it did for this match to happen, but there you have it. And it's quite good. Yeah, it's a good match, good main event. Not bad, nothing amazing, decent, thoroughly decent. You've got here, um, but what the what's memorable is the way it's finished. Uh, Brock Lesnar busts Orton open the hard way. The elbows and it's actually stopped as a TKO. They just stop the match. Lesnar wins, and you see Orton's in a pool of blood. It's quite a shocking image, especially for a PG show. And uh, so, yeah, it was it was well done. So, a lot there was a lot of talk for years. I was I was Lesnar went into business for himself, and Jericho uh, confronted him in Gorilla. But apparently Triple H and Vince told him, "Look, look, it's a work. Calm down." But some smarts to this day still think that Lesnar did it on purpose, and it wasn't meant to happen. But that's marks for you, fucking stupid. But there you go. But uh, yeah, it was a it was a good match. A strong finish. Had Shane came out and he got an F five from Brock Lesnar. I think they were meant to be setting something up. The rumor for him and Shane at WrestleMania, but it turned out to be uh, Brock and Goldberg, which was much better to be honest. But Shane, I, I could get behind a Shane Brock match. I like Shane be doing his stuntman stuff. I think it could actually be quite good fun. Maybe not for WrestleMania, but you know. You did a Survivor Series or something, but of course they did Goldberg and Lesnar at Survivor Series that year. Uh, it was about a rumble or something. I could get behind that, actually. I think that could be quite entertaining. But there you have it. So, overall, I think uh, SummerSlam 2016, I think as well, what I remember hearing something that Orton, because he took, he, he agreed to do that, that's why he got the Rumble win in 2017 and the title win as well at the next WrestleMania. So, uh, one bad that came, it's good for Orton, but bad that came with that shit storyline with Randy Orton and Bray Wyatt. Oh, that was terrible. Seriously, it was. But, oh, I hated that storyline. It was so stupid. It was just, like, his, his nickname's a Viper, but Bray Wyatt just trusts him and lets him in. It was like, it was so fucking obvious he was going to stab him in the back. But, ah, well, there you go. But anyway, that's, that's SummerSlam 2016. So it was interesting to go back and watch it. It's, it's a decent show. It's a positive review. It's a thumbs up. There's more that I like. There's only that, that I don't like. The, the only thing I didn't like about it at all was the New Day and the, the John Stewart thing. The title, world title matches are a bit flat and the pacing goes a little bit AWOL after Cena Styles. I think that's on too early and the rest of the show can't really follow it. But the main event's good, and of course, uh, Alexa's first ever pay-per-view match. So, uh, it'll always go down history for that, at least. So, there you have it. There's my review of SummerSlam 2016. 
I've really enjoyed this SummerSlam review series, so uh, thanks very much for listening. If you've listened to any of them, I do appreciate that. Thank you very much. Uh, I hope to do some more review series uh, coming up. And I have put the WWE Network back on today, so there will be a review of SummerSlam 2020. I'll be watching, I'm not watching it live, but I'll be watching it tomorrow. So I'll either get a review up sometime tomorrow or maybe on Tuesday. But there you go, SummerSlam 2016, there's a review. SummerSlam 2020 will be my first full review of a current show as well, so that'll be interesting because I'm not really, I've only really been watching the elect. I haven't watched Raw at all in months, and I've only watched the like. I've usually on SmackDown just watched the Alexa segments, and and this week I watched the Fiend and Braun Strowman segments and the Nikki Cross interview just for for that. So uh, I just hope I, I put it on just even though Alexa's not advertised for it. I just hope something big happens tonight and she's involved in a big way with the, the Universal title match. I really hope so. really hope there's a big payoff because the build-up's been great for this. So let's see what happens. Hopefully there's a big moment. So like I said, thank you very much again if you've listened to any of the reviews. It is much appreciated. I've really enjoyed doing this and uh, thanks for listening. Uh, goodbye then.